two four. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself, in studio with us today. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? Well, we were just listening to the pre-show wrap-up of the Super Bowl with you guys a minute ago, so, you know, in sort of a kind of a way. Yeah, yeah there you go. Everybody's got their two cents on it all, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty good, pretty yeah, good. Fun definitely. stuff, though, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Now it's baseball season, right? <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about baseball. No, this is a money show, I forgot. Right, right, exactly. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. I'd like to lis- welcome our longtime listeners on WAVA in the D.C., Baltimore area, as well as our listeners around the nation on Sirius XM, Family Talk, Channel 131, Border to Border and Coast to Coast, as Chris likes to say. And uh, in addition to that, our new listeners on YouTube as we're streaming it live on LarryRosenthal.tv. You know, the purpose of this show is to bring you financial education with biblical perspectives, understanding who owns this money, what our role is with stewardship, and it's Open Mic Saturday. I really enjoy Saturdays, Chris, because, hey, there's no holes barred. Any questions that you have on financial planning, estate planning, charitable giving, insurance, mortgages, interest rates, taxes, the economy, the Federal Reserve, Whatever it may be, give us a call this a morning. A plethora at of stuff, right? There you go. Yep, we love it. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We start to show off each week with kind of what happened in the markets and, and, and the economy this, this past week as we take a look at it. And, you know, who is the most powerful person in the world, Chris, when it, when it comes to money supply, um, the Federal you know, Reserve. That's exactly right. You've learned that over the years. Yeah. That's exactly right. You know, and this past week, Chairman, uh, uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell uh, was making some comments that that uh, really give some insight as to the Fed policy, where it is now, and where it's most likely going to stay and be for some time to come. You know, we've we've talked about that they wanted to get a targeted two percent inflation rate. Uh, you know, go, going forward, but but he came out and pretty much said, you know, that that the Fed is basically going to be on the sideline for some time now. It's going to want to have a broad and inclusive, full unemployment and core inflation rates, sustainably above the central bank's two percent target rate, which is good news for the stock market because you know that's going to help propel risk assets further higher and expand more and more as we see the economy allowed to run hot, okay? Uh, so, so you know, uh, Jerome Powell said that, that, that the unemployment rate right now, which has ticked down to 6.3%, he feels in his estimate it's really closer to still 10% mm. when you take a look at, at all the uh, different numbers and, and metrics in, involved with it all. So from that being said, it looks like that, you know, hey, 
this could be a longer runway than, than we thought. We are starting to see some inflation pressures come into the system, mainly in anticipation of some of the uh, newer policies and, and especially the stimulus that's, that's going to be coming out here pretty soon. So, so we're starting to see the yields in the bond market rise a little. We're going to start to see energy prices rise, as we've already have, just a little bit at the gas pump and at the grocery store as well. So, so uh, stay, stay tuned for that. You know, and, and bottom line is all this comes back to the you know, very fundamental approach why do people buy stock? People buy stock based off the future anticipated earnings of a corporation. And right now we're in the middle of earnings season. So so a lot of people don't think, think that earnings happen quarter over quarter. Like right now, January, February, March, we are reporting earnings for October, November, December of 2020. And people are saying, okay, how are the earnings happening? They're happening year over year. In other words, we're reporting earnings for the fourth quarter of 2020 as compared against the fourth quarter of 2019. That's what we're looking at. It's a year over year comparison. And right now, through January and February, through the other day, 74% of people that have reported earnings in the S&P 500 have reported earnings that are meeting or exceeding expectations. So that's very good news because people buy stock based off the anticipation of corporate earnings. So I was talking with some clients earlier this week, and they were talking about, you know, well, how, you know, is this market too expensive now? And, and to break this down, we're, we're starting to see more and more talk about this in the print media as well as on the different business channels about how high the valuations are in the stock market. So to sort of unpack this, and, and give you some insight as to what you should be doing in this type of a market today. The markets traditionally are either in a position of being undervalued or being fairly valued or being overvalued. And today the market is overvalued. And basically the market is looking at more of a recovery further down the road. In other words, the market right now is living or looking at, at third and fourth quarter of 2021 um, uh, earnings, and it's saying, you know, as we continue to climb back out of the earnings slump we were in and the recession we were in with COVID-19 last year, uh, the market is anticipating this recovery. So at some point down the road, these earnings have to, have to come in, and then we're going to see the market get more of a, a reasonable priced position there. So what do we do in a market such as this if you're introducing new money or if you already have assets in the market? First of all, if, you, if you're introducing new money in a market like this that's overvalued, you definitely want to take a look at considering dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging is simply the way, well, it's, it's what the wealthy have done for years. They understand how to put money into the market for a long, long time to come. And basically, dollar cost averaging is this. You put the same amount of money into the same investment each month, each quarter, whatever interval you choose over a period of time, regardless of what the price is at that particular buy date. So let's suppose on the first of each month, let's suppose you have, you have some dollars you want to introduce into the market. Maybe you want to introduce it over the course of 12 months. So you take one-twelfth of it each month, the first of each month, and you just simply put it in. And over the course of the year, you will obtain getting the average price of that particular investment or investment portfolio. It's not going to guarantee you the best return, right? But it'll guarantee you, it, it'll give you an opportunity to get the best price 
for those those investments right there as, as far not the best price but as far as the average price goes then what do you do if your if your account is already invested fully in a high uh, multiple market such as this right now one of the first things that you want to take a look at doing is is understanding your risk level that's inside your investment portfolio so you might say, hey, you know what, I've got the greatest stocks, I've got all these high-flying stocks that have been buzzing all around Wall Street, you know, the last, the last three or four months, and you're just loaded up with all that stuff. Well, one of the things you want to take a look at, though, is what your beta is. What is the beta in your investment portfolio? Beta, you know, Chris, don't get excited. We're not rolling back to the 80s with these Betamax <laughs> things, okay, and the VCRs. That's not I, what I don't know. That must have been about. before my time, Larry. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beta measures basically the risk, the systematic risk of an investment. And the S&P 500, we'll use that as, as uh, sort of our measuring stick right here. The S&P 500, or the broader market, is has a beta of 1.00. So what you do is you sit down with your advisor, or you do it yourself if you have subscriptions to certain software, and you say, hey, what's my beta? And they'll be like, what? Yeah, what's my beta? How much risk do I have in my portfolio? Think about this. You've been saving money in all these different places for years and years for college funding or retirement planning or whatever your objectives are. The market's very high right now at all-time highs. It's a good time to take a check and say, hey, what's my risk? If this market pulls back 3%, no big deal. What happens if it pulls back 7? Uh-oh. What happens if it pulls back 15%? You know, So your beta will tell you what your risk level is. The market has a beta of 1.00. So if you do your math on it all and your beta is 0.8, that means that you're 20% less risky than the market. Theoretically, as the market drops, you should drop down as well, but not nearly as far as the market. On the other hand, if you have a beta, let's say, of 1.1%, now you're 10% more risky than the market, so all of a sudden if the market drops, you could actually drop down further. On the flip side, as the market's going up, you could be making more money as the market goes up. So, you know, should you have a beta of 0 0.7, 0 0.8, 1.2, 1.4? The answer is yes. It depends on what your risk acceptance level is. That's why it's important when the markets are high like this to understand what your risk is inside your portfolio and what your volatility, you know, your sleep test is willing to, to accept. So it's important to really take a, take a look at that. Can I uh, read between the lines and say that you're looking for a correction at some point? Chris, we always have a correction. There's always a correction. You know, when you go back and study the markets, you know, I think over the last 10 years now we've had 12 corrections, 11 or 12 corrections, but, but only one recession. And that was one of the shortest recessions we've ever had, and that recession was COVID-19. It was not due to any mismanagement, any, any um, uh, extreme Fed policy or commodity stretching or anything like that, okay? It was simply due to a, a health crisis, right? But when you go back and look at the last 10, 11 years, we've had, you know, 11 or 12 pullbacks, adjustments, right, reconfiguring of it all. But we haven't had a recession other than the COVID-19. So, so pullbacks are always in the market. They usually happen once, maybe twice a year, 5% or more. There's always a different triggering event, you know, whether it's, uh, um, 
you know, a, a dip in corporate earnings and then it rebounds or whether it is, you know, statements by the Fed or whatever it may be. There's something that usually triggers that. And that's a healthy thing for the markets to get a pullback from time to time and reset. It gives people opportunity to rebalance, introduce more money. You know, uh, take so that is a buying opportunity. Things. You look at that as a buying opportunity. Oh, yeah. all dips are buying opportunities. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's funny when, when people go, you know, oh, I should have sold when it was high. Well, well, if you go back and you just look at the last 10 years, you know, we, how, many, how, many t- how many highs have we had in the market? A couple hundred. Mm-hmm. So that means that somebody's going to be selling every time it hits a new high. That doesn't happen, right? No. So, so you, that's why you need to understand what your risk levels are and understand what your finish line looks like with your investments. What's the purpose of the invested dollar? Is it to continue to grow for, for an inheritance for your heirs, or is it at some point going to need to deliver to you an income stream for retirement supplemental income? Two different investment themes there. So, so it's important to really understand. Know what you own. Understand the markets and the economy at the time. Your advisor should be able to sit down and answer these questions for you. Uh, we get a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails each week. With, with stuff like this, you know, how do I tell where I am? Am I in the right spot for my retirement planning, Larry? How do I go about figuring this out? You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. You can click on the video on the front page. There's about a 90-second little, little video there that demonstrates how a properly structured financial plan should look and work for you and your family, as well as you can sign up for our newsletter and shoot us off an email if you want. And, and uh, we'll be happy to show you how to do an evaluation on your portfolio. We've done this from time to time. Uh, you know, we, we can do this for the first, you know, well, well, we'll just open it up that way, Chris. How's that sound? Sure. It's early Saturday morning, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if you want to get an evaluation on your portfolio to find out what your risk level is and whether or not it's acceptable to you and your family, then uh, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. We'd be more than happy to do that for you. Or if you want to just simply give us a call, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. This morning to be live here on the air. As a matter of fact, we got to take a quick break here, Chris, I see. So let's open up the phone lines. Give us a ring with any of your investment questions, estate planning questions, whatever it may be. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Or 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. 
CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. If you're uh, watching the screen on YouTube, LarryRosenthal.tv right now, that is my contribution, Larry, to Valentine's Day. And I'm hoping that... uh, I'm hoping that you're ready for it, so you're not going to have a little bit of a consternation tomorrow morning when you wake up and realize, hey, oops, or actually it's Sunday morning, that it's Valentine's weekend. Well, it is Valentine's weekend, and happy Valentine's I, uh, to everybody look, out there, right? You, you looked a little shocked there. I'm, <laughs> Valentine's? <laughs> Playoffs? Valentine's? What? <laughs> okay. What's more important, right? Yeah, Valentine's is much more important of than playoffs. Of course, you'll say, you'll say that on I can say that on the radio. Don't tell, yep. me, don't tell anybody yep, you said there that. There you go. Man, what's gotten into us today? Anyway, <laughs> I don't, maybe it's Valentine's. Maybe Cupid's it in is. the air, right? Maybe is it Cupid? Cupid? That's right. Yeah, That's Cupid's right. in the air. There you go. Amen. There you go. So, well, happy Valentine's Day, everyone out there, to all the spouses of each other, moms, dads, everyone. You know, just uh, what a great what a great holiday it is. So. Um, Hey, so, you know, we were talking at the top of the show about, about the markets being where they are as far as valuation and things like that, talking about what to do with your existing portfolio, uh, what to do if you're introducing new money. <clears throat> so let's talk about stop losses real quick. This is a way to protect downside when you're purchasing stocks. And there's a couple of different types of stop losses. There's a, a traditional stop loss, and then there's something called a trailing stop loss. This is important to understand. There is a big difference here. So a stop loss works like this, Chris. Let's just suppose that you decide, hey, I want to buy a stock. And maybe that stock today is trading at, you know, let's say $30 a share. So you're getting in and you're at $30 a share. You're buying the stock, right? And you say, you know what? If this stock drops, wow, I I don't, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I've got a bottom in this in case something happens. So maybe you put a stop loss in this stock at, at, let's say, uh, $25 a share. So if you buy the stock and then all of a sudden it drops down to $24 a share a few days later, it kicks you out at 25, you know, and then that stock can just keep going down, 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 but you've been safe. You've kicked it out at 25. Now, from that standpoint, it sounds pretty good. But what happens if the stock goes the other way, the way we want it to go? And it goes from 30 to 35 to 40 to 45 to 50, right? Maybe the stock goes all the way up to $75 a share, right? And you're going, this is great. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, it has come trickling back down to $20 a share, but it kicks you back out at 25, right? So your stop loss still worked. 
It kicked you back out. But then you're sitting there and you're scratching your head and you're going, well, wait a minute. You know, at one point, this stock was at $75 a share in this example. And I ended up backtracking all the way from 75 to 65 to 55, all the way back down to 25. Then it kicked me out. Losing all that upswing. That's exactly right. What good did that do me? Well, it gave you a nice roller coaster ride for sure, okay? But at the same time, it did kick you back out where you asked it to kick you back out at. That's a traditional stop loss. <clears throat> Another type of a stop loss is called a trailing stop loss. So we'll use the same numbers again, that same exact example again. So you buy the stock at $30 a share, and you put a $25 stop loss in. So there's a $5 differential, right? Now that stock goes to, let's say, $40 a share. Your stop loss trails its way up. Now you have a stop loss at $35 a share. The stock goes to $50 a share. Now you have a trailing stop loss locked in at $45 a share. The stock goes all the way back up to $70, $75 a share again, and your trailing $5 stop loss trails its way all the way back up. So you're sitting there at $75, and now you have a $70 stop loss. And now the stock comes back down again all the way to 20 in that example, but it kicked you back out at 70. So a trailing stop loss is a way that your stop loss can protect profits along the way as well. And from time to time, you want to adjust the difference in your stop loss. You know, if that stock starts to swing and it gets up to $70 a share in this example, you might want to have a $10 swing because you don't want it to sometimes drop down and kick you out and then shoot back up again. Yeah, and then you've lost so, out. Yeah. Right. So you take a look at the last three-year standard deviation of the stock. In other words, how much does that stock move on an average, you know, over a three-year period of time? And then you can set your stop losses within those zones right there. But a lot of people aren't familiar with this, and it's a way that if you're introducing new money or even if you have money in now in the markets because the markets are so high right now as far as valuations go, it might not be a bad idea to take a look at putting some stop losses. Now, you can't put stop losses on mutual funds. It's mainly designed for stocks. You can use ETFs, okay, uh, if, if you wanted to. But it's a way that you can sort of say, hey, you know what, let's, let's take a look here and, and, and break down this. And, you know, we don't want to lose a whole lot of this uh, gain that we may have had. So just some, so just some tips right there on, on how to do it. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. When you're, when you're looking at different types of, of uh, <coughs> investment strategies, you know, we talked a little bit at the top of the show about risk levels, about beta, what your beta is in your investments. You know, how much risk do you have basically baked in into your investments, uh, each individual one, and then each uh, portfolio that you may have. So there's ETFs out there that are called factor-based investing. Typically an ETF, you know, you, you would buy like an S&P 500 ETF, and it might be market cap weighted. In other words, the largest stocks in the S&P 500 get the most of the, the dollars in that index. That's a market cap weighted ETF, right? That's traditionally the way that they've worked. Now we see something called factor-based uh, investing or something called smart beta ETF. So we're getting a little deeper now into, into how some of these products, these ETFs, can actually be made or manufactured, right? 
Because it's very easy just to say, hey, you know what, let's buy the index, and you get a market-weighted index. So, so you know, the, the largest stock in the index has most money out of, out of all the money that's in that ETF. But smart beta investing or factor-based investing can actually put in different factors. In other words, you can say, you know what, as far as a sector goes, we might want to we might buy an S&P 500 sector-weighted fund so it has an equal disbursement amongst the 11 sectors in the economy. So there's not too much overweight in any one sector like maybe technology or energy or something like that, but it always stays, you know, fairly even and level with your diversification across sectors. It may take a look at some other factors like momentum. You know, you might have a momentum-based ETF where it's buying stocks that are driven, highly driven with growth orientation instead of dividend orientation, sort of a momentum type of, a, of, of an ETF. You might want to take, take a look at a smart beta ETF that has uh, price-to-book evaluations within certain levels. So, so it may end up having more in one sector, but it's based off of the price-to-book ratio um, versus, versus any other type of, of capital weighting and things of that nature, or a dividend slant, you know, or a value slant, or, or an earnings yield slant, all different types of, of ways that these smart beta ETFs are manufactured. There's so many ETFs out there now, and more and more coming out all the time, which, you know, there's, there's uh, again, pros and cons to mutual funds, to ETFs, to individual stocks, UITs, the whole nine yards. That's not what the issue is right here. The issue is understanding how yours functions. We've seen ETFs in the past where the market's been going up, and this says, yeah, this is an S&P uh, ETF, but it doesn't go up nearly as much as the market because it has a different type of a factor weighting to it okay, versus a, a market weight cap factor. So understand how it's constructed. Understand what has to happen in the markets or, and or the economy for your particular investment to, to, to do well, to flourish, or to back off and, and, and drop, you know. So especially with these different ETFs that are all coming out right now, understand how they're manufactured, what their goals are, and their objectives. And a lot of them have, you know, fact sheets, and they talk about the investment design behind them and what the objectives and goals are. And there's a lot of neat ones out there when it comes to these factor-based investments. What did we ever do without ETFs? It's just like uh, they, they've come to play in the last, uh, what, 10 years, right? They really have. They 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 came out in the '90s, and it's it's sort of a different type of a package product, mutual fund arena talk, if you will. And you know they're more tax efficient. They they can they can give you a better. Uh, you can control the tax on it because they you decide when you're going to sell. Mm -hmm. You know you decide when you're going to take that capital gain versus a mutual fund where the fund team you know buy sell buy sell buy sell buy sell all year long. They may or may not kick out a capital gain for you at the end of the year uh, and things like that. And so you can control the tax impact more so. And you can also, in, in a lot of cases, too, control strategically the sector you want to be in um, or, or, you know, the asset class that you want to be in and, and you know, kind of go from there. Now, now there, there used to be a thing where ETFs were, they were always cheaper than mutual funds. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Okay, there are mutual funds that are less expensive on the hidden expense ratios than ETFs, and there are ETFs that are less expensive on the hidden expense ratios than mutual funds. Those ETFs are just not actively managed, right? 
Is that the idea? Well, some of these ones that are factor-based are, Chris. Interesting. Yeah, they are. They're, 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 they're factor-based, and, and, and some of them rebalance and things like that hmm. from, from time to time for you, but it doesn't kick out a taxable event. Because of the makeup of a mutual fund, which is very, very interesting. I mean, because of the makeup and design of an ETF. So, yeah. so lots of different information on, on, on all of that. So, hey, let's welcome Karen on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Karen. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Yes, I had an annuity with the job I was working with, and it's coming to an end. And I want to know, can I invest in my own, like, real estate or something? So your, is your job coming to an end or the payments on the annuity coming to an end? Payments that um, I was getting, it was like once a, once a, once a year. I'm having trouble understanding her, Chris. Was she breaking up? No, no, she's there. I think she's just listening to her radio in the background. That's that's the the issue there, Karen. If you'd make sure that's turned turned down, that's going to help things a lot here for us to be able to talk. I can hear it in the background. It gets confusing sometimes. So yeah, I can hear ourselves oh. talking back at ourselves. So yeah, I'm gonna turn it down now. Okay, that'll make it a lot easier for us. We'll be able to understand you and uh, hopefully give you some help here. By the way, we're waiting for Karen. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Here I am. It was an annuity. I used to get, I mean, I get a payment every year, you know, like it was investment. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you fine. Go ahead. He's still, she's still listening on the radio. I'll tell you what, Karen, we're going to put you on hold here for a second, and then Bob will kind of talk to you for a second. We'll bring you right back. How does that sound? Yep, right. that works for me, Chris. Sounds like, sounds so. Like a plan. <clears throat> Absolutely, you know it's 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 important. Um, she was talking something about it, and uh, we'll we'll bring her back on. I, I don't want to put any commentary around that. I yeah. just I she couldn't be, catch back couldn't, couldn't quite catch the question there. But you know, we were talking about you know some of these ETFs, Chris. They will rebalance for you, and they will they will make some moves and things of that nature, uh, and which is sometimes what you want. <clears throat> you know, you, you know, you you want to have both passive and active types of investing as well. You know, a passive investment is one that you just buy the index and you just let it go. And, you know, in, in, in a rising market, that's a good thing. But in a market where we're starting to see some sector rotation, maybe from growth to value, maybe away from some tech a little bit into industrials and, and materials, you know, you want to make sure that you're in the right spot. You know, when that rising tide lifts all boats, you want to make sure you're in the right harbor. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, okay? there you go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Um, Try not to get a hole in your boat. Yeah. No, not at all. Not 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 at all. Definitely <laughs> that, that that is for sure. Um, so you know, and and you know, you you want to make sure that 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 uh, things are invested appropriately for for what your objectives and your goals are. And you can visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for a newsletter there and check out our video on the front page that shows you how a financial plan should really work. So we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. 
More Making Money Sense in a moment. another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing how about dollar cost averaging put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval whether it's monthly quarterly annually whatever it may be this gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares you want to keep buying more and more shares over time On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and the Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Thanks for joining us, 855-767-3123, to talk to Larry Rosenthal live in studio here and live on LarryRosenthal.tv. If you'd like to take a look and see what we look like. Yeah, I don't know if we want to do that. But, yeah, you can if you want. Larry LarryRosenthal.tv. Larry? A lot of pressure there, Chris. You know, with yeah. my radio face. Yeah, I know. You know, you're putting us out there, right? I forgot to get the makeup guy in today, too. You know, <laughs> what's going on with that? Yep, exactly, exactly. You know, so, <clears throat> hey, in Malachi, what does the Lord say about money? He says, will a mere man rob God? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I would not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out Mm. so much blessing that there would not be room enough to store it. One of my favorite scriptures. We need to really recognize who owns it all, right? What our role is as being a good steward with all the gifts and blessings and talents that the Lord's given us, you know. Uh, You know, it talks about in, in, in the New Testament to be ready to redistribute, to share, not only education, but health and friendship and, 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 and money as well. You know, God, you know, God wants to, to see us continue to, to pour out Christ-like moves on people, you know. And, and so think about, you know, where are we putting, you know, the assets that he gives us, you know, to, to help others and to further the, 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 the message of Jesus, you know. So, so definitely important understand that you know and, and and tithing and you know when you break down your budget you know let's pay the lord first you know then save then pay uncle sam then let visa and mastercard fight off the rest right that's right that's kind of what the what, what the math is with all of this stuff you know as, as far as it all goes so um, but anyway you know getting back to some of the the investment strategies and market timing and 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 stuff that we were talking about earlier today or or, or uh trail loss timing i'm sorry um, you know, we, we, we also talked a little bit about inflation coming into the system uh, at the top of the show when we, were, when we were breaking down where we are in the economy these days. And so how important is it to make sure that your investments outpace taxes and inflation? It is very, very important. It's vital. Inflation is the silent killer when it comes to investing and investment strategies. There's no doubt in my mind about that. 
And now we're starting to see some of the inflation come into the system and we haven't seen in years. I mean, we have not seen any inflation pressures to speak of since 2007, since the financial crisis hit in 2008. So now, you know, the Fed is looking to get a targeted inflation average over a period of time, which the time frame, we don't know what the average is. But people are anticipating that the economy may run a little hot here uh, in, the, in the coming years, which will bring in some inflation. So let's just break down inflation and take a look at it. You know, if <clears throat> if so, I've got a math quiz for you, Chris, Chris here today. OK, so I need you to get out your 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 uh, HPC really? 12 calculator, get your your scales out and the whole nine yards. So yeah, so no. here's the Pressure's math. On. Yep. So we've got two times three mm-hmm. times five times three hundred and sixty five times twenty. And I'll give you a hint, Chris. It's more than eleven. Okay. <laughs> so 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 what does that number mean? It's actually it's two people times three meals a day times five dollars per meal times every day of the year times 20 years in retirement equals two hundred and nineteen thousand dollars yeah I see that so basically if you were to spend five dollars per meal on two people three times a day for 20 years in retirement, you're going to spend $219,000 on food if your meal is only $5 each for 20 years. And that does not include any inflation pressures whatsoever, right? So those are some big numbers when you stop and you think about it, you know. And and inflation will come back into the system, and you need to earn you, – your money needs to earn a net rate of return of 2% after taxes, inflation, and fees. So there's your gross rate of return minus three things. Tax impact on that money, fees to drive that money's return, and then the cost of, uh, the cost of uh, uh, purchasing power or inflation. That's the net dollar that you and I get to take into the grocery store and, and, and buy goods and services with throughout, throughout our life, right? So it's important to really understand that. And when you're running out your financial plans and you're taking a look at your investment strategies, always take a look at your net after fees, inflation, and, and um, tax cost. Again, that's the net dollar that you can look at doing it. Uh, uh, you know, buy, buying goods and services with. So so it's important to really understand that. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I see a lot of people are calling, talking to Bob, getting newsletters signed up and things of that nature. But, yeah. uh, you know, if you want, ask a question live on the air, 855-ROSE-123. So, so there's, there's a handful of ways. You know, we talked about smart beta earlier. What do people look for? How do they go about uh, grading or screening for a, an ETF or a mutual fund? You know, how do you know which one to buy? You know, there's 20,000 mutual funds out there and, 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 and probably, I don't know, eight or 10,000 ETFs and more and more are coming out all the time. Which one do you buy? Well, one of the first things that you have to do is you have to sort of break it down and say, what sector do I want to be in, Right. Where do I want to put this money? Do I want to put it in a broad scenario like the Wilshire 5000 or the S&P 500? Or do I want to say, you know what, you know, I want to put this into a sector of financials or materials 
or or maybe the S&P 500 or maybe technology or energy or whatever it may be, utilities, whatever is in your mind that you want to put it into. So then how do you how do you screen down that sector? Okay, how do you go about doing that? I've taught this to a lot of advisors over the years, how you go about screening down mutual funds or ETFs to take a look at where you ultimately want to make the investment. I've shown this to many, many clients as well. So, so one of the things that you want to take a look at, first of all, is, is how long has the fund management team been in place managing that money? And what is their batting average versus their peer group? In other words, how do they perform against their peer group, Right. You know, you you got to have the, the, the nicest, shiny object, you know, the best-looking marketing piece. But if they're not performing too well, well, guess what? You know, maybe not be, you know, such a good thing because this, you know, the Wall Street kind of has the uh, the baseball adage of, well, what did you do with your last at-bat, right? <laughs> you know, so so also screen for fees. You know, you want your internal hidden fees to be as low as they possibly can, right? And and, and But at the same time, you can find some some ETFs or mutual funds that may have lower fees, but not such a good tax scenario or not such a good performance scenario, or maybe there's too much risk in it, right? So is it going to be fees that drive it, or is it going to be the manager tenure that drives it? Is it going to be the beta on it, the standard deviation, the rank within category? Upside, downside capture is a big one too. You know, if the market goes up, let's say 10%, and you have an upside capture ratio on that of, of say, 90, you might get a 9% return. On the flip side, if the, mar- if the market drops 10% and you have a downside capture of 100, that means you're going to get all the downside. So you want to have as close to an upside capture rate as possible and as small as a downside capture rate as possible. So what what are these what are what's important to you about all of these, right? Is it is it any one that's important to you? You know, what about the standard deviation, the mean, the alpha, the beta, all these different things. There's price to book, price to yield, all kinds of stuff goes into taking a look at the screening factor of a mutual fund or an ETF. And I bring this up today because it's important to take a look at where you are as far as risk. All this stuff relates into performance, risk-adjusted returns, things of that nature. With the market being this high, it's important to break this down. It really is. And we'd be more than happy to give you an evaluation on all of this stuff for you. Just give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. We'd be happy to give you an analysis on everything uh, that we're talking about here today on the show. And, and so, so some people say, well, Larry, you know, the management tenure is important to me. That's the one that's going to weigh the most in my decision. And other people say, no, 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 it's the standard deviation. How much, does it, how much volatility does it have inside of the account as compared to the markets or other, or, or other, or other uh, uh, positions within the, the sector or the industry? You know, and, and so one of the ways you can do is just sort of sit down and, and lay them all out on a piece of paper in front of you and let the paper tell you the story, you know. What's the overall scenario? Because not every one of these, you know, pieces of data will be absolutely number one when it comes to the selection of that mutual fund or that ETF, right? You know, you could have, a, you could have an overwhelming, fantastic performance, but the fees are slightly higher. Well, probably want to go with that better performance, right? You know, so just because you'll net out more dollars for yourself. So it's important to really take a look at, at, at what your screening process is and how you break that down 
and and make your decisions. And then what is the buy sell process? You know what what? Okay, so you've screened this position here. When is the right time to sell off some of your existing holdings and move money into this new position that you like? Is that new position in the same sector, the same asset class, or is it a completely different ball game from where you, where you are now as to where you're going to be going? So you've got a lot of math to do and a lot of thought process on all of these things, and that's one of the important questions now to be asking your advisors or, or taking a look in your 401K plans. Hey, what's our buy-sell decision process right now? Where's this market? Where's the economy going down the road and around the corner? So uh, you can catch a lot of this stuff on my website at LarryRosenthal.com. Just go into the library section there, and we've got a lot of information that you uh, can pull up and, and, and you know, sort of self-check and, and, and do things of that nature uh, to, to really take a good look at it. So let's see if we've got some callers on the line here. Let me go ahead and, and uh, there we go. Uh, let's welcome Mark on the line from Mississippi. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Oop, you there, Mark? Let me put him back on hold here, and let's go ahead. A little trouble with people. I don't know what's going on today. Yeah, let's welcome Ty from Virginia. Good morning, Ty. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay. How can I help you, sir? I had a question for you in reference to estate planning. Uh, what's a down and is it a down and dirty like uh, a streamlined process with some basic estate planning that that a person could get or you utilize? Yeah, absolutely. So, Ty, we have a I have a uh, basics in estate planning kit that we've sent out tons of people all across the country, and it just basically goes over the ten thousand foot view of of a will. The, the, the purposes, the pros and cons, uh, basics in revocable living trust, uh, special needs trust, uh, beneficiary designations, all that kind of stuff. I've got a whole basic package that I can send it out to you. If you're looking to do estate planning, which you should because that's one of the three main phases of financial planning, you have the accumulation stage, the distribution stage, and then you have the legacy stage, you know, which is who's going to get what and when, you know, and, and our assets are going to go either okay. to our heirs, charities, or the IRS or a combination of all of those. That's where they're going, right? Right. And so you have to take a look at, at, at where – you know what you have so so if you're going to embark on on the basics in estate planning right now I'd be happy to send you the kit Bob will put you on hold and get your information and we'll send it out to you next week but here's the deal is start thinking about you know who you want uh, who you want to get assets you know uh cousins kids charities spouse whoever it may be okay and then start writing down your assets and just drawing some lines across the piece of paper you know, and, and it can be as simple as this is, you know, well, I've got two kids and one child, no worries, and the other child, I'm a little concerned. Make a little note there. Oh, I'm a little concerned, you know, about what they may or may not do, you know. So so that's really the basic starting point is to just write it all out on a piece of paper. And then that's when you sit down with an advisor or an estate planning attorney and say, okay, now how do we put this into an action plan? And that's that's the basics right there. Of, of how it all works. Okay. Okay. Now, now, the other question would be real quick, and uh, if this possible, like what would a person be looking at to pay for such services? It depends on how complicated your estate is. You know, if it's you know pretty simple, I love my spouse, I want my assets to go to my spouse, and then to my kids, you know, and grandkids or whatever like that. 
you know, it, it, it just depends on, on the level of the attorney, but I would say anywhere from, from you know, three to $5,000. But, you know, I, I don't want to quote attorney fees all right. across the country because it's completely uh, different. Right. You know, but but you know, it's it's you're going to get what you pay for. That's for sure. You know, and and one of the things is, you know, one of the questions you might want to ask to the attorney is, you know, do you fund the trust? If they create a trust for you, are they going to fund it? Are they going to help you transfer your assets into the trust? Because a lot of people don't transfer assets into the trust. They they create a trust, they have it sitting there on their shelf, but they never change the ownership of their assets into the trust. So, you know, you know, but those are just ballparks. Can you get it cheaper? Yes. Can you get it more expensive? Yes. You know, interview a couple of attorneys. You know, if, if you want, I see you're in Virginia. I know some in Virginia. We can refer you to, to a few and, and, you know, interview them and go from there. But I'll be happy to send you out that estate planning kit for starters. That will get you started down the road, okay? Okay. Now, would your company handle stuff like that? Well, we're, we're not attorneys, but we can certainly refer you to some. Okay. So well, we can sit. Yeah, yep, we can sit down and, and build you out a financial plan and talk to you about what you may need and things like that, and then and then uh, introduce you to a, to a couple of attorneys and send you right over there. That's not a problem. I'll put you on hold here, Ty, and Bob will get your information and we'll send you out the the uh, basics in estate planning kit next week and uh, have oh, someone okay, follow thanks. up with. Yep, we'll have someone follow up with you uh, to 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 do a, a planning session and then see exactly what we need to do. So appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning or investment questions, again, it's Saturday, man. It's no holds barred. Give us a ring on anything that you want to talk about: estate planning, mutual funds, ETFs, what's in your four hundred one k, the government TSP, all different types of things. Give us a call eight five five Rose one two three. Uh, Chris, I see we got to let's take a last break here real quick and then we'll come back. So uh, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. Listen to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 
Thanks for listening today. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE123. Got a few minutes left in the program to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio. Larry. Sure, Chris. You know, we've been talking about all different subjects here today on on, on the show. And, and one of the things that, that people fail with in retirement is the is the uh, failure to set clear financial goals. And that's building out a financial plan for themselves, understanding what your finish line looks like, where your finish line is, how much do you need to live off of each each month in retirement, understanding how to use credit along the way, right? Understanding the, the, the way taxes impact your investments, not only when you're growing your investments, but when you're receiving your income back in retirement years from your investments. What about how to pull money out, you know, midstream if you want to buy a car or a beach condo or college funding and, and things of that nature. You know, so understand the impact of taxes when it comes to your investments. Uh, it's really important. And, and you know, there's been some recent tax changes and probably some more coming down the road here. Yeah, that are, you think? That, yeah, that, that are going to impact a whole lot of, oh, yeah. of uh, investment strategies for people. Estate planning, uh, IRA distribution planning, the whole nine yards. So we'll have to wait and see how all of this stuff stuff comes out. But one of the big failures that, that people – uh, unfortunately get caught up in in retirement years is the failure to understand and prepare for for proper uh, tax scenarios when they're in their distribution stage and and that is going to be a big issue here going forward especially you know in in the secure act that changed in 2019 when it when they took away the lifetime tax advantage stretch IRA and made it a 10-year program uh, we're going to be doing a, a webinar on that coming up here pretty soon, so stay tuned for that because that's going to have major, major impacts on beneficiaries when they start to receive their their assets. And you know, we had a phone call from Ty this morning. You know, kudos to him, man. One of the one of the nine reasons people fail financially in retirement years is the failure uh, is they neglect their estate planning. They don't have their beneficiary forms filled out correctly, or maybe they need to change some people on their beneficiary forms. You know, maybe there's been a new birth or a marriage or something like that, right? Uh, you know, what about your will? What should you put in, you know, what's the language you should be putting into your will? What about a trust? Do you need a trust? Uh, what about a special needs trust? Do you need, do you need something like that for, for maybe an adult child who, who's dependent on you for, for whatever may, you know, reasons may come along along the way? You know, what about charitable giving? Do I want to donate to charities? Uh, uh, you know, along the way. How does all this stuff work and, and play out? So lots of different things to really be thinking about when it comes to, you know, not failing financially in retirement years. The unwise use of credit. <clears throat> A lot of people, you know, we, there, there's, you know, we're, we're very, very focused with clients on, on, on reducing as much debt as possible into retirement years. You know, and, and that, that's a big, big thing because if you've got as, if you, if you have little debt moving into retirement years, well, then that's just less overhead you've got to, you've got to carry each month. And it enables you to, to de-risk in your investments. Think about it. If you have more debt that you're responsible for in your retirement years, it does put some stress and strain on your investment return in some cases. So it's really important to take a good look at it all. Go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. There's a video there on the front page that will subscribe to you and show you how a, a financial plan really works. Sign up and, and follow us and like us on Facebook. Sign up for our newsletters. We want to be a source of, of investment uh, education for everyone here listening to the show. Stay tuned. Also, we'll be announcing some more of our webinars that will be coming up next month. 
And uh, if you have questions during the week, go visit our website at LarryRosenthal.com and shoot us off an email. If you want some information on anything we talked about on the show, we'll be happy to send it out to you. I see Bob's working the phones here hard, talking to people, so we'll be happy to get you out there. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. We'll be back next Saturday with more Making Money Sense.